the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Good deal of sunshine, the balance of the afternoon. Today's high 38, clear skies tonight, low 23. Tomorrow, a good deal of sun, some clouds in the afternoon, high again, 38. Sixers are home tonight, 7 o'clock tip against Miami. Head coach of uh, the Flyers did a bit of a meeting. They're not in action till tomorrow night when they'll be at Toronto. Flyers have had kind of an up-and-down season. They've actually done probably better than most folks think. They've had some long winning streaks, but also some long losing streaks. And um, it's kind of hard to tell which direction they may go in terms of adding to their team or trading some players away and planning for the future. And that's where John Tortorella uh, was asked about if he's kind of concerned about maybe changes that may or may not be coming to the team. It's not a fear. It's, again, the part of the process we're in as a team. We can't look for things not to continue our process. We, we are we have so many things to do, uh, so much more of the process to build this team that we can't be getting too emotional when it comes to what what is the best thing. For, if it's the best thing for our future of our team in building it the proper way, we have to follow through. We have to. And the guys know it. We've been very forthright publicly about this. Uh, we need to stay with it. Flyers head coach John Tortorella, source of uh, NHL.com for that. And he's referring possibly there to, uh, among others, Scott Lawton and Travis Konechny. Konechny leads the team in goals, and it's possible, you know, you have to give up something to get something. So it's possible that those guys who have been part of the rumor mill or others may come and go. It's part of the business, as John Tortorella said, and you got to do what's best by the team, big picture, uh, and, and overall. Not playing anytime soon, but... Before long, the Phillies will be back out there as well, doing the spring training thing. And uh, their their uh, manager, Rob Thompson, was asked what's going to be different about how the team approaches things this year. I know that there's a whole bunch of guys in there that are motivated, and we don't have everybody yet. But I just think we're very talented. I think these guys are motivated. They've had two years of, of tasting it, and now they want to they want to take a chunk out of it and swallow it, you know, and eat it. I think that's really the only thing. And, and again, I'm, I'm not really looking at anything right now other than just staying healthy for the first five days, first week, and get into the games. I always say there's three times a year year that really scare me and that's the first week of spring training because the intensity level goes up from the off season it's the first week of spring training games intensity goes up and the first week of of uh, regular season games intensity goes up so we really have to keep our feet underneath us and, and keep people healthy phillies manager rob thompson and uh that sound courtesy of mlb.com and the philadelphia phillies what else is going on? Well, it's Valentine's Day, and I just want to remind you, among many things we have on our site, we have a quiz and survey you're welcome to take just for fun, and usually in conjunction with those, 
there are prizes that you can win just as a thank you for participating in a fun thing. It's, um, and it's just designed to be, it often involves a, a, a T-shirt or hat from WFIL and some kind of other prize. Right now, there's a 10-question, multiple-choice, all-about-Valentine's quiz posted. Uh, you can take that and maybe win a pound of red uh, licorice or a box of chocolate. So that'd be kind of fun, plus a book from WFIL Ministry and a WFIL T-shirt or hat. And there's a mini-survey, just a single question there as well. And it, it talks about what you're hoping to receive for Valentine's Day. That question's actually going to change at midnight. We'll have a different one for the second half of the month. But you can uh, perhaps win something in conjunction with that. So if you would like to take that little mini survey, you're welcome to do so. I just had a number of folks who have done that. And here are some suggestions, some things that folks have said. I'd like it if this happened. Allie in Flemington, New Jersey said, a nice massage and dinner or a dinner out in a movie. That sounds good. Brian and Philly, dinner out with just my wife and myself or just to get away for the weekend. That sounds good there. Charmaine and Philly, could I have a chocolate? Mm, that sounds good. Chris in Rockledge, a nice romantic dimmer, dinner and a nice Caribbean cruise. Okay, why not? Deborah in Abington, healing and restoration for relationships in my family and salvation in Christ for all my loved ones. That's a great request, uh, Deborah. And then there are a number of others here. I'll share a few more during the program. There are a couple here in particular that really stand out that I would like to share. But in the meantime, you share that your answer, whatever it is, and it, it, you might win a prize not based on your answer, just the fact that you participated. So that's on the quiz and survey area on our site at WFIL.com. Let's see. Uh, a very full program today and much to pack in. So I want to start off by saying that uh, a couple of guests we have in our next segment, Rob Reiner, you probably know him. He's, yeah, Michael Meathead Stivic on All in the Family, won a couple primetime Emmys. He appeared in shows ranging from Batman, Andy Griffith, Gomer Pyle, Beverly Hillbillies, a little bit parts. He was a writer with Steve Martin way back when with the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, actually got a bit of his start in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Um, And then later, of course, went on to being a filmmaker, films like Stand By Me, When Harry Met Sally, Princess Bride, inconceivable, a few good men. He was nominated for, that was nominated for Best Picture, an Academy Award. And uh, so he has teamed up with a guy named Dan Partland, who is a documentary producer and TV film producer. He's won a couple of Emmys for Best Nonfiction Series. And they have a a release out that on the surface, you might be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, huh. Uh, It's it's called God and Country. It's a documentary. And the gist of it, I saw most of it, not all of it, but I saw most of it. I didn't have a chance to finish. But basically, they're interviewing a lot of uh, people in the faith community, as it were, and their thoughts about what they would term Christian nationalism, which is a broad term and a broad you know, descriptor, what does that actually mean? And in a nutshell, Rob actually did a short 70 or 80 second YouTube thing. He says, you know, you know me from these other films. Why would, it, uh, says, you know, why would someone who's Jewish like myself do a, a, a documentary called God and Country? And it boils down to him saying, I'm concerned about the, um, the damage to the country, possibly, basically, if, if Christians rally and they're doing too much political activism and that sort of thing, but also the damage to Christianity itself. And so 
if you've listened to this program any length of time, we will have guests on from other perspectives and other, you know, whatever their belief systems might be. It's not to debate those per se. It's just to, like everyday life, I would hope that if I walked into Rob Reiner, I wouldn't turn my back and say, oh, well, we don't believe the same thing, so I'm not going to talk to you. That would really be kind of absurd. But um, at the same time, so there's a, there's a way to have your position and know what you believe in, in terms of what Scripture says and all that and still have a conversation. And uh, the part that he said in that blurb about damage to Christianity and the notion of, yeah, you know what? There may be some – I'm sure there are some believers who are a little too over the top or in the process they may be actually doing a disservice. When you think of 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind as a simple example. When you are having conversations with other people about anything, politics included, are you patient and are you kind? And it also further on says it's not easily angered. So there's a difference between being passionate about something, right, and getting angry about it. And certainly uh, social media, as we all know, can can go off the rails fairly quickly. Even something that you thought was pretty benign can go in a south direction. So. The part that I read that resonated with me was his idea, his thought that, you know, you're actually doing a disservice to Christianity himself because Rob Reiner talks about wanting to follow Christian principles and, and teachings of Jesus. So, again, the uh, and then Dan Partland also has had a, a Christian upbringing, although I don't believe either of them are you know practicing Christians. But so I'm, I'm setting that up as a preface before we bring them on the program, just so you know, it's the spirit in which uh, the conversation is not an endorsement per se, one way or the other of the of the documentary itself, but it's to have a conversation about these things. And I will also add that sometimes the, the interviews we have, we have a person for 10, 20, 30 minutes, plenty of time. Other times, and this is one of them, where the guests are on what they call a radio tour, and they call and they talk with you for five or 10 minutes at the most, and then they're hanging up and calling the next station. And that's what we're having with Rob Reiner and Dan Partland in a few moments here. So just keep in mind, this is just going to be scratching the surface. I would actually love to have them both back for a longer conversation to explore some of the stuff they talk about. Uh, Some of the, you know, again, the experts, the Christian experts in their film, the stuff that they were saying to me is not Christian at all. Uh, but that's from their, per, you know, again, from their perspective, some of the others, including someone you may very well know, Phil Vischer, who helped co-create VeggieTales, is in this documentary and uh, it, as it, it is interviewed in the documentary. So anyhow, um, and I'd like to actually, I haven't had Phil on for quite a while. After VeggieTales, he went on and did some other things, including a, an endeavor involving a, a reporter called Buck Denver and what's in the Bible. And uh, I respect Phil a lot. And so uh, maybe another uh, aspect of this conversation would be uh, with him. So anyhow, just to give you some context for that conversation, and after we uh, part ways with Rob Reiner and Dan Partland, we're welcoming Alan Jackson on board, Senior Pastor, World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And of course, you can catch him on the radio broadcast, Alan Jackson Ministries, weekday mornings at 6 on WFIL. That's our Ministry of the Month for February. There's a free download, by the way, for that, that anybody can get. It's his Pastor Jackson's book, Unleashing the Power of the Holy Spirit. So you can get that, and when you download it, you qualify for other prizes. So Alan Jackson will join us as well as the program goes along. And I have a couple things I'd love to tack on the back end if we have time, and uh, hopefully we will. Right, so that's where we're headed with the program today. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. 
It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It is 417, the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. Mentioned before the break, our first couple of guests of the hour, Rob Reiner and Dan Partland. You know Rob, uh, certainly from All in the Family, the TV show. And a lot of films that he has uh, directed and written and been part of. A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally, Princess Bride, Dan Partland, an award-winning documentary uh, producer and filmmaker. And we're glad to have you guys on the program. How you doing? How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for taking time. And out of the shoot, let me give you a little quick context. Our station, WFIL, once known for Dick Clark and American Bandstand and the boss jocks that followed, we're actually a Christian-formatted station. We are a Salem station, which is mentioned in God and Country. We air two of the pastors that are in the documentary, Dr. Jeffress and John MacArthur. I've interviewed Phil Vischer many times. Our kids grew up watching Veggie Tales, <clears throat> And all of that to say, I'm uh, glad to have the opportunity to have you on to hear about your work and the thoughts and topics you cover in God and Country, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, civil conversation and productive conversation about these things is one of the goals of the documentary. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we have some of the most uh, prominent uh, devout Christian leaders in the in the film. You mentioned Phil Vischer. You know, there's Russell Moore, there's David French and many others. Uh, and their hope is that we can start this dialogue and we can uh, get people to understand the difference between uh, Christian nationalism, which is a political movement, and uh, the church and and the teachings of Jesus, and how uh, the uh, the Christian nationalist movement has basically uh, perverted those those teachings. And so their hope is that we can get into a civil dialogue to talk about how we can restore those those uh, beautiful teachings of Jesus and uh, uh, not resort to violence in order to get our way. Christian nationalism, obviously, it might be kind of difficult to define. Or So I was just going to throw it to each of you, Rob and Dan, uh, maybe a characteristic or two, or a definition if you want to, because it's obviously very much a part of God and country. How would you go about that? I'm sure it's not well, easy. <laughs> de- defining it is the hardest part, and and we do spend a fair amount of time in the film doing that because it's really complex, and we have a lot of the you know the best voices on the topic from across the spectrum, people who are uh, you know devout Christians, people who are secular, people who are you know historians, people who are politically conservative, people who are politically liberal. Everybody kind of gets their bite at the apple and explains explains Christian nationalism as they see it. Yeah. But I think that the the core thing to Christian nationalism is just a kind of broad belief that the country is a, a properly a Christian nation, that it was intended to be a Christian nation by and for Christians. And it really isn't true. And But that is almost not really the, you know, the central issue. People can believe different things, what they want to believe. But in the end, it comes down to are you being faithful to the concepts of American democracy that have kept our country uh, thriving and prosperous and have and religiously pluralistic? Um, and are you going to be faithful to to the teachings of the Christian faith, which are being horribly distorted, really, to reach political ends by uh, what I see as a leadership driven movement that is looking to manipulate people of faith? into actually straying quite far from their uh, religious belief in order to support some political goals. 
Yeah. Rob, I believe you did a trailer um, where I think you summed up your concerns as being damaged to the country and damaged to Christianity itself. Could you share just a little bit about, uh, like, uh, I'm thinking it's one thing to rally people to try to vote a certain way. I think religious groups or not, people do that, and you hope for the person in office to represent you as best as possible. But in your view, is the problem that a particular group of people will mandate eventually that everyone has to believe the same thing, like outlaw other religions, or is it more just the way they go about it is is so forceful that it's scary or something? Well, it is scary because if you believe that what you're doing is God's will, that can uh, justify any kind of behavior. And in our democracy, we like to have civil discourse. We like that we can yell and scream. We can do whatever or be civil, but we don't want to resort to violence. And we saw this happening on January 6th. We saw it happening. And the danger is that American democracy, after 249 years of self-rule, can turn into an autocracy. And that's the fear. Uh, And I think uh, it's a fear not just for uh, people who are uh, secular, like Dan and myself, but for Christians themselves. I mean, we have the most prominent Christian voices in the film talking about how this is uh, a danger, not only to uh, uh, democracy, but to Christianity itself. And we're seeing uh, the possible ends of this wonderful experiment that we've had for for so many years. Uh, it, it is very frightening, and uh, hopefully we can continue, because what's wonderful about America is that there is uh, religious liberty. We do give people within the Constitution the right to believe and, 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 and pray however we want, and that has to be preserved. Yeah. First Corinthians 13 comes to mind. It's one of the most well-known passages in the Bible. It's, among others, it says, love is patient, love is kind, it is not easily angered, which you would hope that all people involved in these types of conversations would adhere to so that you can hear the other, at least hear the, what the other person's saying, and then hopefully, you know, make some progress. Um, Rob and Dan, I know that there were one last thing for you. There are, there is a wide variety of folks and guests that will appear in the documentary. Just curious how you, that process of securing those folks, because uh, it's a, a lot of people and I'm sure a one step at a time kind of thing. Well, we wanted diversity of voices and um, and experts and diversity of opinions. I think that um, we really cover the gamut, both in terms of people's uh, faith and people's political leanings. And the one thing that unites this group um, is, I think, their thoughtfulness and their insights, and uh, they're all deeply devoted to um, ensuring that the American experiment continues and to getting our politics on a healthier trend and also deeply concerned about the danger of Christian nationalism and how it's distorting the Christian faith as well. Is there a specific... We were also, yeah. uh, we were also uh, uh, you know, guided by uh, two women in the Christian community uh, who said these are the, of the Christian uh, faith, these are the people that you need to talk to. These are the people who are uh, well-respected and devout in, in, in the Christian community. And so we took their lead and got the people that that hopefully uh, uh, the Christian community will listen to. Rob Reiner, Dan Partland, thank you so much for taking time with us today. Thanks, Thanks so much, Babins. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
Bye. All right. Rob Reiner, uh, actor from All in the Family, and Michael Meathead Stivic, and uh, won some Emmys for that. Was in a bunch of TV shows and directed many films, including one of my favorites, The Princess Bride, and Dan Partland, an award-winning documentary producer and film and TV director. They have a documentary coming out in a couple of days called God and Country. And again, if you missed the beginning when I was introducing the, the interview in our opening segment, uh, I, I caught my I found out about this, and there's probably a, a decent amount of folks who would maybe watch it who are like, oh, that's a little too much for me. I mean, the, con- the concept is that, as it's termed, Christian nationalism. Basically, if you're a believer and you're trying to mobilize, as politically speaking, and bring about change, um, the stronger you go down that path and maybe the more obnoxiously you do that, that's the part that starts to become uh, uh, you know, hard for someone like Rob Reiner or Dan Partland to to digest, and but they ask a lot of people, different religious leaders. Some, if you watch the documentary, you'll see. I think are are more clearly you know, walking with the Lord. They get what they're saying, but then there are a number of others who maybe are kind of, um, you know, I wouldn't say quite that that thing is that, that that's true. But what drew me to um, wanting to have this conversation is partly because that's what the show's about. To just to hear what people are thinking, even if I don't agree at all or or some, uh, but was Rob Reiner in his little blurb about this documentary said he's concerned about the future of the country, uh, but also the future of Christianity. And he's Jewish; he's not a, a Christian. But he says he tries in that in that trailer and other interviews I've listened to him talking about this. He's interested in following uh, teachings of Jesus now. If I had longer to talk with Rob and Dan, I would say, you know, Jesus said a lot of things, not just, uh, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. That's one that I know Rob really, he says he's basically built his life on trying to say, well, let's love each other, how you want to be loved, uh, you know, which is Matthew 7. It's in Matthew chapter 7. So he's not not wrong. He, he's right about that. But then Jesus did say other things, too. And so today we only had a chance to, because they're doing a tour, to have him on for six or seven minutes. Uh, but just to have an introduction, because now what I'd like to do is maybe send these guys a note and have them on again to talk further about these things. And or even if it's just privately, you know, you could pray. I'm just giving some insight into the show. You could pray for the program and uh, and these relationships, because it might not be they may not be back on the air, it may not work out schedule wise or whatever. But um there may be opportunities to send the note, to engage in conversation, and then further the, the, the chance to plant some seeds in a, in a respectful way. So there's more on this. If you, and as with any of the guests, if you ever want to drop a note, uh, have a, if you hear we're going to have a guest on, you have a question you would like to be asked, that's good. Or if you just heard something, you're like, yeah, when you asked them that, what was that about or where did that come from or whatever, I'm good with all that. I'm, I'm happy to you know engage with you on that level too. Uh, our email, or if you heard about the documentary, like, can you tell me more about it? Uh, Timmy D at WFIL.com is my address. T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. And uh, you can always text our text line 610-500-DOVE is the number there. 610-500-3683. Quick break, and then we're looking forward to having Pastor Alan Jackson from Alan Jackson Ministries, which you can catch weekday mornings at 6 on WFIL, our Ministry of the Month. He'll be joining us next. He's also going to be at our Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast in April. Very much looking forward to having him here and talking with him more about that today on the program. It's all coming up next on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 
foot six, he stood on the ground. He weighed 235 pounds, but I saw that giant of a man brought down to his knees by love. AM 560 WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show. We are very glad to bring on board the program Alan Jackson, Senior Pastor, World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And you can catch him on the radio broadcast every morning at 6 on WFIL and Sunday mornings at 7. How you doing? Doing great. It's good to be with you today, Tim. Yeah, it has been a while. I was looking it up. I don't think we had a chance to chat in 2023, but we had you on a couple of times in 2022, including when Big Trouble Ahead uh, had been released. So, yes. Unfortunately, yeah. that seems kind of prophetic today, but <laughs> maybe we write a happier book and we'll get a happier outcome. <laughs> we'll, we'll gladly receive it when you're ready. Yeah, folks, right. <laughs> folks can find out more about that, by the way, alanjackson.com, A-L-L-E-N, jackson.com. And we're excited to have you for our pastor's breakfast in April and also uh, for our ministry of the month in our current, and currently in February. Uh, before we get to those things, can you take a moment and just share, because without knowing the Lord, none of that's going to happen. You won't be coming to preach or share. You won't be uh, featured in ministry of the month. Just how the Lord got a hold of you in the first place. Yeah, I'd be glad to. It really started when I was a boy. We went to church every week, but we weren't Christians. And you can do that in any church. And my mom was diagnosed with cancer when I was seven, and the doctors told her she had six months to live. They were the youth leaders in the church, Hmm. but she didn't know the Lord. So they were on a plane on the way to Mayo Clinic, and she said a little prayer, if there's a God, let me know the truth before I die so I can tell my boys. Uh I've got two brothers. And they got to Mayo Clinic, did a four-day workup, and the doctor came to see her, and he said, "Miss Jackson, you had cancer. We've had pictures of it, but we can't find it. We've looked for four days. Go home and raise your babies. Wow. And so that opened the door. A Sunday school teacher, who was an airline pilot, told my parents you could be born again. And so in his living room, they knelt at a coffee table. And when they changed, the temperature in our home changed so much that I walked in the kitchen and said, what's happened? This is a different place to live. And they told me, and I knelt on the kitchen floor and accepted the Lord. So I'm happy for churches. I work in one, but I also understand God works outside the church in some pretty profound ways, too. Wow. I love it. That's a great thing. And then for you personally, about, you remember about what age that started to become more uh, you know, understanding for you and, and, and take, take a hold of it personally? Yeah. Well, I was nine when all that unfolded in my life. And my mom is in her late 80s, she's still around, so the doctors missed that one by a little bit. <laughs> yes. But, you know, what I have discovered is that with every season of life, I have to keep growing in the Lord. That it wasn't a one-time experience that just kind of sealed the experience for me, that I have to continue to choose the Lord at every season. And and that, that takes some real determination and a desire to honor Him and please Him, as opposed to just checking a box on a list. Amen. Amen. Well, and so over time, then the path toward becoming a pastor, and of course, one aspect of Alan Jackson Ministries is the radio aspect. At what point did it start to shift for you to think about wanting to serve the Lord in the way that you currently do? Yeah, that's a really good question. I was on my way to medical school. My father was a veterinarian, and I loved medicine and the challenge of it. And I began to have this sense God was inviting me towards ministry, but all the ministers I had known as a child wore black robes and vestments, and I didn't ever remember seeing one of them smile, and I thought, you know, if I got that job, they'd fire me day two. (laughs) And I really wrestled with that until I finally came to the point—actually, I I went to the Philippines and spent a summer, 
out in some of the smaller islands in the Philippines, just serving the people. And I realized you could make an impact in people's lives. You know, I didn't feel like I was Billy Graham or Oral Roberts or anybody. I just knew I was a, a kid who'd grown up in a barn in Tennessee, but I loved God and I thought people were important to him. Hmm. So I, I started in, in the ministry and in the church and I really had to figure it out. I didn't even know what to do. And I, I feel like I'm still figuring it out. And then I didn't like media preachers for a whole host of reasons. And I felt like the Lord was inviting me, this was years later, to do some things in the media. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so I'm probably more surprised than anybody listening that what God will do with somebody from a barn in Tennessee. Amen. Alan Jackson, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL in Philadelphia. Uh, WF, the, the program itself heard weekday mornings at 6, also Sunday mornings at 7. And this month, specifically, we are celebrating the ministry as our ministry of the month. There are a few things folks can have uh, and, and enter to win just as a fun way of shining a light on, on the ministry. One is unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit. That is free to anybody. A book you wrote, they can download that. And then when they do that, they qualify for some other things that were given away too. But could you take a moment and just share about that book, Unleashing the Power of the Holy Spirit? I can. You know, I think the Holy Spirit is probably often frequently talked about, but I think in general in the church, we're uncomfortable with the idea you know, we don't know whether the Holy Spirit is Casper the Friendly Ghost or something that's intimidating. And in reality, I think we have to learn to think of Him as a person. And we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit just like we have with Jesus and God the Father. And I believe the more we're able to do that in reality and not just have language around it, the more we see the power of God in our lives. And in the world in which we live today, we need God's power. We're not going to outthink evil or outwork evil or outorganize evil. The only thing evil will yield to is a power greater than itself, and that's the Holy Spirit. So anything I can do to open my life and my home and my family and the ministry that I've been assigned to the engagement of the Holy Spirit, I will raise my hand. And that doesn't mean you're anti-intellectual or, you know, it's not about being emotional. It's an invitation to a person. And the more we learn to do that, I think the more fruitful our lives are. Have you found that to be something that's hard to do in the sense that, you know, following the Spirit can be what you might call, you know, you really want to keep in step with the Spirit. So you may not be able to put, you can't put the Holy Spirit in your day timer and frame it, right? You have to be sensitive and put all your things aside, like plan, but also really be ready to just drop things and go however God's leading. Have you, has that been a process for you to learn how to do that? And and what's that like for you? Yeah, it's very much a process and I'm still learning. I'm I'm over in the beginner box, but I'm determined to keep learning. And I think there's some things I think we, because we, we don't really know, we're not comfortable with the idea or the person of the Holy Spirit, we, we take cheap substitutes. Like if it's impromptu, it's more godly. You know, our, our God is not without a plan. We have the prophets. I mean, we know hundreds of years in advance things that are going to happen in history. So for the moment is not more spiritual, which it took me a long time to learn that. Hmm. If I will seek the Lord and listen to Him, He'll help me know what I need to do before I even understand why it's what I need to do. And so, I, again, it's moving away from having a language around the Spirit and actually having a practice that reflects the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives. If I follow Jesus through the Gospels, He's not frightened by adversaries that have more power than He does or storms that are intimidating. You know, there wasn't anything that caused Him to panic because he had such a calm assurance of the power of God at work on his behalf. And I, I want to learn to live that way more fully. 
That's great. That's great. Alan Jackson, our, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL, uh, the book we're talking about, Unleashing the Power of the Holy Spirit. Any listeners, welcome to download a free copy of that at WFIL.com as we're celebrating Alan Jackson Ministries being our Ministry of the Month for February. You'll then automatically qualify for a couple of prizes we're giving away every day in courtesy of the ministry. One's a book called Intentional Faith, Aligning Your Life with the Heart of God. And the other part of that prize is Lessons from Paul, the 90-day devotional journal. Maybe you could share a moment about each of those two uh, resources. Yeah, intentional faith is something we work through as a congregation. And again, you know, in order to accomplish anything of significance, you have to begin with the intent to do it. You know, it's not very often that we accidentally build a house or accidentally earn a degree or accidentally lose 30 pounds unless we're sick. Most of those things begin with the intent. And what I found in our spiritual life is we really have lacked intent. So the goal of that book was to kind of point ourselves at some behaviors that if we would build the intent into our lives, would dramatically change the outcomes of our lives. And none of them are particularly heavy lifts or beyond us intellectually or even time-wise. They just require us to begin with a decision that we're going to do that in our lives. Most of us know how to lose five pounds. We need to consume fewer calories and move more. But I would rather they just give me a cream I can rub on and it will go away. (laughs) Yes. If you find that, let me know. Yeah, I I promise we'll market it together. But I think growing spiritually is the same way. Most of us would like to know the Lord better, but either we don't know how or we just haven't been willing to do what we do know. So that book was really intended to be a very easily accessible set of principles to ignite spiritual growth in our lives. That's great. And then the devotional lessons from Paul, the 90-day devotional journal. How about a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, any devotional to me is is like trying to get a little spiritual vitamin. And life is tough, and the days have a grind to them, and we get tired, and the responsibilities don't seem to diminish. But you need something on a regular basis that will nourish you, nourish you emotionally and spiritually and intellectually. And so we put that little devotional together. Uh, It's not lengthy. It's not a real heavy lift, but it's a scripture verse. It's a little encouraging commentary and a prayer for the day. It's all taken out of some things that Paul did. He had a pretty effective ministry, I think. And so it was really just intended to add some momentum, maybe to kind of a a boost to your spiritual immune system in a world that seems to attack it on a pretty regular basis. Is there a gummy version of that? Because that would be even easier. (laughs) You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we do have it rolled, and you can smoke it. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> well, uh, the other grand and the grand prize. So, to, to clarify, intentional faith, aligning your life with the heart of God, and the lessons from Paul, ninety-day devotional. That's the daily prize, and then the grand prize uh, we're going to give away includes all of those things, plus uh, actually a leather-bound ESV journaling Bible, which I know you didn't write, but you probably read and have used, and the lessons from Peter, ninety-day devotional journal. So I'm guessing it's a similar uh, kind of thing as far as... Uh, yeah, the yeah. letters for Peter taken out of the Peter's letters. But I love that journaling Bible. It's got these really wide margins. It's it's my favorite Bible to use these days because hmm. I can put notes in it, and it, I found it to be so fruitful after the fact. That's good. That's good. Well, now, if again, folks tuning in, we're privileged to have Pastor Alan Jackson on the program. He is Senior Pastor, World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Radio broadcast itself, Alan Jackson Ministries with Alan Jackson, which is fairly reflexive. Weekdays at 6 a.m., Sundays at 7 a.m. on WFIL. You can find out more about the ministry, alanjackson.com. That's A-L-L-E-N, Jackson, 
com. You may have also remember he's been on the program a few times, including when the book Big Trouble Ahead, A Real Plan for Flourishing in a Time of Fear and Deception, uh, was originally released a couple of years ago. The Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast, April 18th, something else I really wanted to ask you about. We're looking forward to it very much. I don't know what the menu will be. We often have you know bacon and eggs and things like that. As long as there's bacon, I'm all right. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it could just be. It could be just bacon, frankly. Uh, but the the question for you is not that you've put all of it together yet, but maybe just a little appetizer, like the the water and the bagel on the table, or something, or the fruit, whatever they put out. Have you thought a little bit about what you might want to share that day? And if not, that's fine. Or just in general, thoughts that come to mind when you know you're talking with a pastor, or how you can encourage that pastor in the work being done. Yeah, there's two things I think that are really important. One is to acknowledge we're leading through a difficult season. I mean, there's just a lot of pressure culturally and some other places against the biblical worldview. And if you feel that you're not weird or discouraged or weak, it means you're aware. And then I think because of that and because of COVID and what happened to the church and the people that didn't come back, pastors tend to feel rejected. They weren't stealing. They weren't being immoral. And big chunks of the congregations left. And I think it's really important to know that God is with you and you're not alone and that we are leading through a difficult season, but God is still very active in moving in the earth. And if we will hold steady and do the things he's given us to do, I believe we'll see the most fruitful time of our lives in the years that are ahead of us. How long have you been a pastor officially? Uh, since 1981. Wow. Did I was get, three years old. You can yeah. do the math. <laughs> yes, I understand. Have you? Did you get a plaque or anything like that, or have a big party when when you hit the? What is it? Over forty years now. That's that's pretty amazing. God's glory, of course. Yeah, we did not, I haven't gotten that plaque yet. <laughs> I got a donut. <laughs> donuts aren't bad. I had donuts the other night with my wife. We had the little Boston cream action and sat and had a little coffee oh. together. That can be a nice. That's nice. close to Jesus. Amen. Amen. What does being a pastor mean to you? And there's two parts of that. One is just what your day-to-day is like, but that, I'm sure that can differ from church to church or pastor to pastor. And then what you hope to encourage others to do. So it's more, more than just the stuff you do, but also what you're hoping the effect will be and what you see around you in the congregation. Yeah. Well, when I came to the church, there were fewer than 30 people, and we were in a rented room. So when we bought a piece of property and had church in a tent for several months, it was an upgrade. Hmm. So I've served a congregation from every size, from 30 people to quite a few more today. And it isn't the size of your church or the the resources that you have. It really begins and extends from that desire to see people's lives transformed by the power of God. I'm not a pastor because I needed a job. I could have found a way to earn a living. I'm in ministry because I believe there is a God, and I want to help people get to know Him. And so I still find real joy in doing being a pastor, I still lead small groups. I still I do staff meetings every week with the team. I still, I mean, I, I'm engaged in ministry day to day. I do weddings and funerals and all those things that everybody does. Now, once upon a time, I mowed the grass and cleaned the bathrooms. I don't do as much of that anymore. But, but I, I think that desire to see people grow. You know, my dad was a vet, and I took up. I grew up taking care of horses, and it was about nutrition and exercise and helping them stay clean and healthy and. I have that imagery of ministry. It's it's a pastoral ministry, and it's to help it's help the people of God stay healthy and clean and get the nutrition they need. And and it's a joy in my life to see people grow. It's it's the reason I'm still doing it. Hmm. You know, as you were talking there, I'm thinking 
things have maybe changed. Some things have stayed the same all the way through, and maybe some things have changed in terms of the the work that you do. So I, I don't know if you have a thought that comes to mind, but what's what's not changed at all over the 40-plus years you've been, been a pastor? And maybe is there something that you thought used to be super important, and you're like, you know what, that's not as important as I thought it was, or something that wasn't important, and you realize, it, I really need to emphasize this. Well, God continues to teach me how valuable people are hmm. so that we don't ever stray very far from that. But then churches, if, if the church is growing, and I think living things grow, all things being equal, yeah, it requires you to change. And the biggest limiting factor in the church all through that run and today is me. If I'm willing to grow and change, God can do new things. And if I'm unwilling to do that, then we become stagnant. And sometimes it means I have to find new ways to get my ego met. You know, when I was the only employee here, I answered every question. The mom with the new baby would call and say, my baby doesn't nurse. And I was the go-to answer person. Hmm. And I wasn't exactly an expert. <laughs> so today there's a lot of smart people around me that help me do my job. And I have to, I've had to find new ways to fit into those systems. But the desire to see people grow in a meaningful relationship with the Lord and find the joy in that, that doesn't ever deviate. You know, technology changes some of the delivery systems and how we can communicate. And But at the end of the day, it's one-on-one making decisions that Jesus is Lord of our lives. You know, I had a conversation with Michael W. Smith at one time years ago, and he said, Tim, when the music, in the beginning, the music was all I spent my time on. And as people got to know me, bought my albums, as touring less and less time was devoted to the music and I had to spend most of my time with everything else and the outward face and even interviews and all that. Has that been something for you too, as the church has grown from 30 to in the thousands and, and all the other ways people might look to you for help, the devotionals and the books and everything. Have you been able to still keep certain things real down to earth and basic so that you don't stray too far, get pulled a field into the wrong area. Even if it's a good area, it's not the main thing you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, you always have to guard your heart, and I do too. But I am still a pastor. I preach three sermons a week to the congregation, and I'm in the pulpit 47, 48 weekends a year. Hmm. So I still live really close to the church and the people, and I do that on purpose. For many years, I turned down 90% of the invitations. And then after COVID, I really felt like the Lord said we had to do everything we could to strengthen the broader church. So I've done a bit more like coming to Philadelphia in April, yeah, which I'm very looking forward to. We are too. But but we are, it's such an important time for the church to be the church. You know, once upon a time, we had trusted sources for truth all over the culture. We trusted our schools, and we trusted the CDC, and we trusted lots of places. And unfortunately, most of that trust has deteriorated, and, and today it's even deteriorating in the church. So I think for pastors and church leaders— anybody standing for the cause of Christ. It is such an important time. And, you know, the the tools may vary a little bit, and technology shifts, and but at the end of the day, Jesus is Lord is a transformational message in every generation. If you're just tuning in, Pastor Alan Jackson on our program, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. He is senior pastor, World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The radio broadcast, Alan Jackson Ministries, with Alan Jackson as weekday mornings at 6 and Sunday mornings at 7 on WFIL. You can find out more about the things we're talking about and uh, the books and all the other resources at alanjackson.com, A-L-L-E-N, Jackson.com. Uh, we're looking forward to, and just as a re- reminder, 
All month, we are celebrating uh, Alan Jackson Ministries being our ministry of the month. You can get a free download of Pastor Jackson's book, Unleashing the Power of the Holy Spirit. There are other prizes you can win with that. And then on the 18th of April, it's a Thursday, it's WFIL's Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast, and Pastor Jackson will be speaking at that. We're very much looking forward to it. Just a couple last things. I don't want to keep it too long. Uh, I mentioned resources. There is a daily devotional today with Alan Jackson. Folks can tap into at alanjackson.com. Just maybe share a moment about what that is and how that could be a blessing to people. Yeah, that's our most widely received tool. And it's really, if you sign up for it, you just get a little daily devotional dropped in your inbox every morning. And it's just intended to be a little spiritual vitamin shot to help you through the day. Hmm. Um, it's built out of content that I'm doing usually in, in, in real time. So it's usually relevant to what's happening in the world. I, I think it's so important that we take our Bible and look at the world we're living in through that filter, that we just don't do Bible studies based on first century culture, but we understand what the Bible has to say about the 21st century culture. And I know that makes some folks nervous. I'm not advocating for candidates or parties, but we need to understand what God says about the issues that we face in our world today. Hmm. And that devotional helps with that. And that kind of lands on my last question, interestingly enough. My dad went to be with the Lord last year at age 95. And one of the things he would say, regularly in conversation i didn't realize it till his later years but he would often just uh, go up to a person and say so what what kind of things do you think about and it's a really interesting way of getting people just to talk about and then before long you can easily share the lord and it wasn't supposed to be just an evangelistic tool but it was a legitimate interest and other people. And I can imagine you as, as a pastor and you're overseeing so many things and you have the, the sermons you need to preach and all the other responsibilities. There's still, your mind's probably busy, uh, I would guess. So my question to you is, what, what's on your mind lately? What are some things that are you're thinking about these days? Well, I, lately, I, it's really a concern for the church to choose the truth. I think there is an, an overwhelming temptation to step back and kind of hide from what's happening in our world and just do a Bible study about the Gospel of Luke and talk about the social issues of the first century. And I think we have to have the courage to step into the 21st century with the good news that Jesus is Lord and there is right and wrong, and we're going to have to be willing to have a new kind of boldness, because if we love our children and our grandchildren, we have a responsibility to not abandon those values just because there's cultural pressure. That's good. The cherry on the Sunday of our conversation, how people can pray for you. Yeah, my most consistent request is for wisdom. I feel like if I have God's wisdom, then all the things in front of me get really simple. And if I don't, everything stays crazy complicated. So I would I would value any prayer that we would have God's wisdom. Amen. Amen. We are looking forward to seeing you uh, on April 18th. It's going to be a wonderful time. And uh, ahead of time, if you have anything you can think of you need. Are you a, are you a walker? By the way, when you share, or do you tend to stay in one main spot? Uh, if I can move around a little bit, I will. Okay. You know, every venue is different, so yeah, I won't run the aisles, but I like to move around. A bit. <laughs> okay. Bottle of water, Diet Coke. What's the what's the thing you like to have nearby? Yeah, bottle of water is great. Okay, we'll make sure to do that, and I'm sure we'll find out more just to make sure it's as good an experience as possible. And we are very grateful that you're coming. So. In the meantime, folks can pray, folks can enter the contest, and go to alanjackson.com, A-L-L-E-N, jackson.com, to find out more about the ministry and the books available and the daily devotional and all of those sorts of things. Thank you so much for carving out time to be with us today. We re- really appreciate it. 
Tim, I enjoyed the conversation. I really appreciate you and the entire Salem team. You're making a difference in our nation, and I know you are there in Philadelphia. Thank you so much. Glory to God, and God bless you. I look forward to catching you in April. I look forward to it. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Alan Jackson from Alan Jackson Ministries, WFIL's Ministry of the Month for February. Get the free download of his book, Unleashing the Power of the Holy Spirit, on our homepage, WFIL.com. Wrapping things up in just a moment, the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.57, coming down the home stretch of our program. Thanks to actor-director Rob Reiner and producer-director Dan Portland for joining our program. God and Country is a documentary they put out. Also, Pastor Alan Jackson just joining us there. Don't forget our quiz and survey. It revolves around Valentine's Day, and you could win some pretty cool stuff with that. Uh, We had some pretty special responses let me just share one with you. What would you like for Valentine's Day was the question. And this particular person said, one more day, hug and kiss from my dear husband who went to heaven in 2018. That's Teresa in Smithsburg, Maryland. So uh, whatever your answer is, is up to you. Some folk, folks have done fun answers and all that. But do know that, uh, that that's, a, that's a good word from Teresa to... Uh, for the rest of us to think about, too, if you have a spouse or a special someone to make sure that you are uh, giving good attention to each other. So, all right, let's wrap it up. Alistair Begg, Truth for Life, coming up next. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.